Hi, everyone. My name is Faye Yi, and I'm your host for today's Wharton FinTech podcast. Today, I'm joined by Julian Korb from PricewaterhouseCoopers. Julian leads PwC's U.S. Financial Services Advisory Practice and covers banking, capital markets, insurance, asset management, and wealth companies. He advises C-suite executives at major financial services institutions on how to address issues related to growth and performance improvement, digital transformation, FinTech, financial crime and regulatory compliance, as well as technology and operations effectiveness. PwC recently released their top eight digital predictions for financial services in 2018, and today we'll sit down with Julian to discuss these predictions and what is top of mind for financial institutions and FinTech this year. A copy of the predictions can be found on our Medium page, so you can read along as you listen. So Julian, thanks for joining us today. Before we get started, can you provide a brief introduction of yourself and also your background for our listeners? Sure, and, and thank you so much, Faith, for, for having me today and, and, and for, for everyone here. Um, so I'm very excited to be here. I've, I've, uh, I'm coming from France originally. I've been actually in the U.S. for almost 20 years now. And um, I've uh, grown up really in consulting, focusing on financial services, working in New York, and, and helping clients uh, resolve a lot of their business and um, and very challenging issues over the past, uh, I guess, 18 or 19 years. Uh, and a lot of what I've done in the past was very focused on technology and how technology could really help transform financial services. And, and I think we're reaching, we're reaching a point today where um, a lot of financial services firms are actually looking at transforming themselves into technology companies. And, and really technology is becoming um, so pervasive now in the industry and in the companies that it's a, it's a very good time to have technology background, work in financial services, and help um, help the large banks and insurance companies to, to transform themselves. Great. Thanks, Julian. Um, and we're very excited to have you. I think you're absolutely right that a lot of financial services firms are looking to transform more into tech companies. And here at Wharton, um, we've seen kind of both sides. So we've seen the small tech companies coming from Silicon Valley or New York that are trying to enter the space. And then we've also seen the larger financial institution players trying to enter tech. So I think you'll be able to share a lot of perspective on what the larger financial institutions are thinking about today. Um, so I have the top eight predictions for 2018 in front of me, read through them, and um, it covers a lot of different areas. You know, it goes from automation to um, things about the customer, and then also, of course, cryptocurrencies and insure tech. And so first question for you is just based on these eight predictions, um, what are your clients most worried about? And then on the flip side, what are they most excited about? Yes, thank you for the for the question. And, and as you said, and, and going back to to what you mentioned on your your uh, your focus on on the fintech space, really, it's interesting to see how fintech companies um, have been uh, threatening the large financial services firm originally for for probably three, two, three, four years. And now we're really seeing a lot of them partnering with financial services firm. I think a lot of the large financial services firm realize that they need to partner with fintech companies and embrace the disruption. And, and fundamentally, what our clients are most worried about 
is what's related to the disruption and specifically how to actually disrupt themselves to capture uh, their new customers. So we have a, um, one of the prediction we're mentioning is the concept that the, the banks are going to, to launch new brands to actually cater to customers, new customer subsets. And I think that's really a lot of the issues the banks are trying to figure out today is how to at attract different customers who have different um, behaviors and different need, different demand when it comes to interacting with their financial services provider. And, and, and trying to figure out what's the new brand, how to present themselves, how to interact with their customers, how to create a level of engagement uh, for customers that will probably never come into a branch to actually speak with the financial advisors. Uh, and that's a big challenge from a branding perspective, from a market positioning perspective. And that's where I think they're learning a lot from fintech, fintech companies and the fintech partnership that they've been created by combining their uh, institutional knowledge, their knowledge of the products and, and solutions and services and so on, and how fintech are trying to disrupt that value chain and bring something different in the market. But it's clearly something they're worried about and they know that in 2018, they're gonna have to push a lot of new solutions and new customer experience in, in, the, in the market. On yeah, the flip just side, a quick follow up. Go ahead. Yep. Sorry, just a quick follow up to that. Um, have you seen any banks that have been successful in implementing these new brands yet, or is it still a fairly new concept to them? I have actually. I mean, very few of them have, but we have seen, and I unfortunately cannot speak specific companies, but we, we've seen um, very large institutions actually launching new um, digital banks or mobile banks, actually mobile-only banks with no branch, and so on, and, and really creating this new brand and these new uh, applications uh, on, on mobile devices that actually now represent actually banking services where people can actually deposit money and, and use them to make payments and so on. So, so we're starting to see, um, to see some changes and some new introduction here, but I would say there's just a handful so far. Got it. Yep, that makes sense. Okay, so um, you know, on the flip side, maybe some good news. What are the banks most excited about? Yeah, I mean, I think we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of new technologies that uh, a lot of banks are really excited about. We, I know, we, I'm sure we're going to talk today more about AI and and how that's transforming a big piece of the uh, of a lot of their services. Um, and and we, we're talking specifically, uh, one of our recommendations is on facial recognition and the authentication. And, and that is also interesting, right? And I'm talking to banks actually as we speak on this on how they want to transform, as just an example, their ATMs. And you can imagine that with technology, you can enter uh, an ATM branch and get into the, uh, the ATM and the ATM is instantly recognizes you based on your face and actually start actually addressing you in a more customized way, uh, bring your bank account, bring the services that are available to you. And, and I think uh, they're really looking at transforming the ATM experience in a way that's a little bit more engaging and leveraging things like facial recognition um, in, uh, or leveraging facial recognition from your phone as well to authenticate some payments and what have you. I think this is another uh, one piece of emerging technology that's quite exciting for them because they believe they can really uh, change the customer experience that way. 
Got it. And on the topic of customer experience and new technology, do you think that the customers are expecting these changes or have you heard any concern from the customers about this new technology in banks since uh, traditionally I think consumers really uh, when they think of banks and financial services, they think of institutions that they're able to trust. And I can assume that some of this new technology could be a little worrisome to the consumer. Um, so have you heard any concerns of whether consumers you know, want the facial recognition or if they think it's kind of a scary new technology to adopt? I actually think we're seeing quite some level of excitement in that space. There are a lot of concerns about privacy of the information and so on that uh, and cybersecurity threats that are very um, critical for, for, for this sector of course um, but uh, but fundamentally I think a lot of these these changes or these promises of, of new technologies like facial recognition and others we're getting some good uh, good feedback uh, I think when we think about what the customers are expecting, it's really also in the concept of the um, the level of um, service and and, uh, and engagement that maybe these customers are getting from some big uh, online uh, or web-based companies, right? When when you think about uh, the time it takes to get uh, a loan approved, for example, why wouldn't we think that technology and uh, an artificial intelligence could create real-time loan approval process? Um, uh, how about the automated investment advice, right? When, when you actually decide to put money into, um, into, uh, um, to invest, um, having AI that enables you to actually, without having to worry about it, make the right decisions on your investments. And I think a lot of these decisions where um, the customers are expecting less potentially interactions with, um, with real people, and less um, wait or less delay in kind of different processes that I think in some cases are, um, are very slow and perceived to be very slow. Um, I think customers are really looking for, for, for that, this change of experience, these real-time experiences and these approaches where they can really do a lot on, from their um, mobile devices and, and make some decisions that uh, then AI and, and, um, and, and other technologies can, can implement for them in a much faster way. Yep, that definitely makes sense. Um, do you see the branch concept going away in the near future or how do you see branches changing in the next year to five years? I mean, I think we have to differentiate the uh, the branch as a place where um, where people conduct transactions, as well as the uh, real estate uh, space that uh, banks actually could leverage for um, also for marketing and, and advertising purposes, right? And and if you walk in the street of uh, of New York City, you realize that um, already if you pass branches, there's not a lot of people anymore, right? Not I'm talking about employees, right? Um, 20 years ago, when I arrived in New York, branches were full of employees doing different things with customers. Now, branches are actually, there are much less people in the branches than they used to be, because a lot of the activities have been automated in the branch, or actually being the transactions 
um, you can do from your mobile devices or, or, or what have you. So, so I think the branch is, the concept of the branch is definitely evolving. The concept of the branch is becoming more people-less branch, as, as, um, as some people mentioned, where it's really more a place where um, you could do a lot of things automatically with some machines, um, um, or it's a place to advertise your products and kind of push um, your, your uh, marketing campaigns and, and, and so on. Um, I do believe there will be a significantly uh, reduction in number of branches across the country as more and more banks are building their digital capabilities and more and more customers are using these digital capabilities. So one, much less branches. Um, but two, um, I, I think we'll continue to see branch, branch in the big metro, metropolitan areas, but with much less people in the branch. Got it. Yeah. And here in Philadelphia, um, one of the banks here, they have a cafe now that's open. And I went in with a friend the other day and it was mostly automated ATMs and self-service machines and exactly. a very nice cafe area. And so uh, we can definitely see the change right here in Philly as well. Um, so we've talked a bit about the customer and what customers can expect to be different. Um, but then looking at the kind of back office of financial services, are there any exciting technological changes to the back end of financial services that the customer may not even see happening or be exposed to? Well, I think for me, I mean, maybe there are a couple of things, right? We spoke about automation. Clearly, automation is really uh, becoming uh, a major trend and will be really a uh, major topic for 2018, for, for this year, as um, uh, banks and insurance companies are actually in implementing automation capabilities within their back office to provide that real-time service that we, we mentioned earlier. Uh, but the other area that's really exciting for me is this concept of open source and how the banks are really opening their, um, their capabilities, their platform, to actually be able to exchange services with other institutions or even data with other institutions, including customer data. So, uh, and, and that could be also something, that's something that's happening in the back office where banks are starting to share systems and capabilities with, it, with each other in order to um, create monetization of some of these systems, but monetization opportunities. But also in the data space, I think that's what's really interesting in, is, of course, assuming that the customer agrees to it, how banks can start sharing um, data with third parties. So as just one example, if you're thinking about uh, a financial planning company or a tax advisor, for example, that could actually receive your information from your bank, from your banks, can really customize your, the service in a much better way. Um, and then as the banks are starting to share your information, assuming as a customer you agree to it uh, with third parties, you can really see how your financial information can help um, provide to third parties uh, or help third party provide you a much better service. So I think that's also quite exciting as well. We are only at the very beginning of this trend um, and, and we're going to see more and more of this, I think, over the next 12 months. But, but I think we'll see much more interactions between banks, much more interactions between banks and third parties, and, and really the, the ability to 
to provide unriched services um, to, to customers that could transform a lot of different third parties as well. Yep, and I think um, we've seen a lot of startups and technology companies that uh, develop software that uses the data of these larger financial institutions and these banks. And I know from experience that a lot of these banks typically have legacy infrastructure or, or older systems and haven't kept data as uh, neatly or as efficiently as some of these uh, startups from Silicon Valley might have expected. So um, what advice do you have for these startups or small tech companies that want to develop software or tax solutions for these financial institutions? It's a very good point, right? I think as, as you mentioned, I mean, many of these large financial institutions are very slow to, to make, to, to move, not very agile, and all of them are really working on changing their governance and increasing their nimbleness and their speed to execute on, on their new projects. And if you think about you, if you're in a startup or in a tech company, and you want to, to, to partner with that bank or to provide your services with that bank, I think the more you can, or that financial institution, the more you can really create a, a, an environment where um, the, you can provide a very customer-centric uh, model and, uh, and a platform-based where there's strong operability between your platform and the systems of the, of the banks, then I think you can really become very attractive and, and, and create an integration opportunity that, that's very valuable for, for, for the financial institution, right? As, as you actually work together and you develop solutions for, for the, uh, for the um, financial institution, uh, the customer centricity and the openness of your platform are really two criteria that, uh, that differentiate companies from one another. Yep, um, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think, you know, some of these startups, they uh, come out of a lot of tech experience where um, they're creating these platforms. And you mentioned customer centricity, and I think they're very good at the um, appealing to the end customer. Um, but are, are there characteristics of financial institutions that make them a unique customer in terms of the B2B experience that these tech companies should be providing to the banks? I mean, uh, the one other area you, we talked about the, um, we talked about the back office and how slow moving they could be. I mean, one of the other area is really on the customer experience that they can create. And many of the startup or tech companies actually have created um, very strong customer experience for their for, for for their customers. The ability to really have a mobile interface or web interface that's very engaging, that provides a number of services to the to to the your customers and so on. That um, as a bank, it really it's a way to accelerate um, the modernization of your own customer experience, right? And, and when I talked about a couple of uh, things we've seen in the industry with new digital banks or new brands being created. I've talked about I've talked about the automated investment advice that uh, that also some wealth managers or asset managers have created. I think fundamentally um, that customer experience is a true differentiator and uh, and we've seen a lot of fintech banks partnering with banks fintech companies i'm sorry partnering with banks or even being acquired by banks 
because they had a superior um, customer experience. They created a, an experience, again, on mobile devices or, or other interfaces that were so engaging for their customers, so enticing to come back. Right? Many of the banks want people to go back almost every day to the, to the website, right? And, and, and that customer experience will actually create a difference. So, so for me, it's not only what we've discussed about being customer-centric or platform-based and so on, but to your point, to be a good B2B customer for a bank, uh, having a superior customer experience, having a way to engage your own customers differently, um, and I think it's really a very attractive for, for these large financial institutions that don't necessarily have the skill sets of the agility to build these capabilities. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think so. It sounds like a lot of these trends and predictions, while they might be affecting different areas of banking or asset management or wealth management, um, a lot of it comes back to the customer and really comes back to these evolving standards that customers have and millennials have um, with technology. And so switching gears a little bit here, um, I wanted to ask you about some of the hot topics of 2018 and some of the buzz that we've been hearing at Wharton. So um, first, I want to ask you about my favorite sector, which is InsureTech. So I know you guys have a trend about InsureTech. Can you quickly just give us an overview about what is top of mind for your insurance clients in 2018? Yeah, I mean, fundamentally, I mean, uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, trend as well, right, where um, insurance companies who to a large, ex large extent when they, you think about premium calculation and risk analysis and so on are relying heavily on data and uh, data aggregation capabilities and search capabilities and what have you um, really are, are looking to make major investments in that space. And a lot, lot of fintech firms are actually building um, AI solutions or data analysis solutions specifically for the insurance companies that will enable a more sophisticated premium calculation that enables you to be differentiated in the, in the market, a faster claim processing um, uh, solution, uh, or, or other really solution that, uh, that um, uh, helps you to better manage, as an insurance company, helps you to better manage risk management and better manage your customers. And we, we, we're starting to see a lot of partnerships between tech companies and insurance companies where, where these, these AI capabilities, these advanced and emerging technology capabilities are being leveraged to, um, to really enable a superior customer experience or a differentiated um, premium calculation that becomes actually makes the, uh, the insurance company less expensive for customers and, and, and more attractive. So it's relatively recent, more recent than the fintech trend. I would say it's probably uh, two, three years, two, three years old as well when it's starting to get a lot of traction. Um, but, but really, I mean, this, if we, we talked a lot about the banks in the, in, in the previous part of this, of this discussion. Um, we think the same thing in insurance, right? When insurance companies are creating these partnerships, are building relationship with small or large tech companies. And again, the um, artificial intelligence, data analysis, um, space uh, data aggregation, all the, the area where you can actually better manage data and, and, and work on data to actually provide um, 
that uh, that differentiated calculation or risk management capability is is a big uh, big area of investment and discussions. Got it. Okay. Um, and so I think when we think about insurance, um, I'm excited to hear that premiums will hopefully go down soon. But uh, in terms of uh, kind of taking it back to the customer and this millennial customer base that insurers are so worried about, um, are you seeing trends that millennials are purchasing insurance at later and later stages of life or perhaps taking bigger risks and gambles and not purchasing insurance? Um, specific insurance products, and how is that affecting the way that your insurance clients are thinking about customer engagement? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is, um, so if, if we think about the different uh, parts of the insurance industry, right, I think a lot of it is in the life insurance space is to, to um, reinvent themselves and, and getting into discussions with millennials and, and new customers differently and not necessarily coming as a, in a traditional um, um, brokerage or financial advisor way, if you will. Uh, when it comes to um, car insurance or uh, your rental insurance or condo insurance or what have you, um, millennials still have to actually buy them. And, and I, think, uh, I think it's really, again, it's backed on to the experience that you create with your with your customer that's differentiated, how you can engage them uh, in, in a way that's real, more real-time, um, uh, more engaging in terms of the experience itself and so on. And, and actually, we actually built a, um, a, um, an application for a client recently, an insurance, large insurance clients recently to, to actually provide real-time for a certain category of, of products and um, uh, of of, um, of um, price and, and premium, we actually created a, a real-time calculation and risk management engine that would actually accelerate the um, the uh, application process. And and now we have actually on on that company's website, people can go in and then request insurance, and within minutes get get approval or get to get a premium um, price for the for the insurance. So, so I think a lot of companies are trying to get more in the real-time space as well and, and trying to kind of uh, engage customers a little bit differently. Okay, um, great. And I am also looking forward to some of those real-time products. I know that uh, personally I had to buy a lot of different insurance products when I moved to Philadelphia, and some of the processes weren't that easy. And so I think that yeah. um, a lot of the steps being made in InsureTech will help ease the customer experience in the next few years. Um, so I, we only have time for a couple more questions, and it wouldn't be a Wharton FinTech podcast if we did not talk about blockchain. And so um, I think blockchain technology is very interesting. It's also a bit of a buzzword that a lot of people have heard but may not necessarily understand how the technology works within financial services. So can you talk about how your clients are thinking about blockchain technology and how some of them might be implementing it into their business? Sure. Well, I mean, I think at a high level, I think most of most financial services companies in banking insurance are really interested in blockchain. They believe it's a big opportunity to, um, to uh, streamline uh, many of their processes and reduce, uh, reduce costs. Uh, and I, I can give you a couple of examples, and, and, and there's a lot of investments um, being done in that space to 
to um, to figure out the best way to leverage the the technology that's quite quite innovative and and and, and transformative for, for for that matter. I mean, one opportunity that we've seen is uh, specifically, for example, in the lending area, where we, we're talking about smart contracts, really. So really, you're thinking about replacing, you have a, a company asking for um, a loan to a, um, to, a, to a bank, and then, it, of course, there are not only two, two different players, there's probably uh, five or six different players between regulators and credit agencies and data providers and what have you that will actually work on that contract together. And so the assumption is instead of having to pass, uh, whether it's an email or whether it's papers or what have you between different companies, you can actually have that contract sitting in one place and every company is, integrate, in, is connected to that, uh, to that to that blockchain, if you will, and can actually add to the contract the different information that they need and actually create um, in, a, in a very um, secure transaction, uh, accelerate the, um, the, the, the loan authorization approval and what have you. So that's the way blockchain can be used as we think about five or six different companies coming together, investing in a blockchain, and working together on kind of the smart contracts um, idea. Uh, another area that we've seen in, more in the back office on, on one institution is Chris, leveraging blockchain as a repository of trade uh, activities and, and, uh, and enabling actually a much simpler reconciliation process because all the information is actually uh, being um, uh, recorded on the blockchain. So again, it's a very secure, very um, uh, efficient way to actually uh, keep transaction and remove the, the, the large number of human error that can happen in, in, in trade execution or trade processing activities. So, so lots of opportunities. We're still at the very beginning. There's still a lot of questions uh, on, the, on, on the blockchain, on the technology, uh, questions around scalability. How, uh, trade, how blockchain can handle um, millions of transactions in a single day, for example, uh, or, um, or also the level of security when banks are starting to share this, 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 um, this blockchain amongst themselves. Um, again, the concept is what's happening with data privacy, what's happening with the security of the blockchain and so on. The concept is that it should be much more secure, but there's a lot of tests and activities in the space to um, to make sure it will be. Yeah, so it sounds like blockchain could potentially help with a lot of automation and security. Is the blockchain something that customers will ever have to understand or even interact with? Because to me it sounds more almost like a back office technology where the customer might see the same interface that they've been seeing um, on their laptop or on mobile and not even know that the blockchain is making things faster and more secure for their services. No, but I think you're absolutely right. I think it's fundamentally a technology that's being used to, to transfer information between companies or to um, uh, as a repository of, 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 of data. Um, but doesn't change the way the customers would interact with their their um, their financial institution. 
Okay, great. Um, so Julian, thank you so much for joining today. Just one last question that um, is still about FinTech, but a little bit of a different angle. Um, PwC hires um, handfuls of MBAs every year. I'm sure you've worked with a lot of MBAs in your career. So what advice do you have for MBAs who are, want to work in FinTech and really want to get in deep on this space? Well, I think it's uh, maybe you just said it right. I think it's uh, fintech is a bit of a buzzword as well. I think it's a matter of identifying the areas you want to to invest some time and to 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 focus on, identifying how technologies can transform um, can transform specific um, industries, um, and, and in financial services, I think one um, one advice or one area that that is really uh, exploding now, and as much as we're still very, very early, and it's hard to tell where it's going to go, the, all the space of artificial intelligence, which we haven't talked a lot today, but is going to become over the next three or four years, uh, a major uh, disruption of um, how customers are interfacing with banks, how information is being shared among, between banks, how decisions are being made. For me, the AI space is really a space that I would encourage a lot of um, people to focus on, a lot of MBS to, to work on, to understand what really AI means, how it can actually, what are the different capabilities that, uh, that could be transformed by AI, and, um, and, and how a bank or an insurance company could leverage AI to, to change their, their own organization. So again, it, it's, it's uh, uh, being deep in one area and kind of selecting one area to become an expert is really a, a key recommendation. It's better as you start your career to be, uh, or you continue your career after your MBA, I'm sorry, to be uh, an expert in one space and deep in one space. So, so I would recommend to, to pick one domain, be good very deep in it, continue to be a steward of the, or student of the technology and the industry that uh, you want to work in and, uh, and explore the transformation that you can create. Okay, great. So, you know, it sounds like AI is uh, something that is definitely up and coming and maybe that could be a topic for our next podcast. Um, but Jillian, thanks again for being here today. We covered a lot of ground talking about customer engagement, the changing landscape for banks, especially with uh, branch-based banking, and then also we were able to cover InsureTech and blockchain today, and I hope that our um, listeners have certainly learned a lot listening in on this podcast. So wanted to thank you for your time, and um, I look forward to having you back on the podcast sometime soon. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd love to do this again.